Hi, I'm Melanie Patterson from Christchurch in New Zealand. Doug Prince from Pretoria. Anandredi from India. Sue Crawford from Peter Maritzburg. Patrick Miner from Nairobi, Kenya. Kazal Roberts from Sanderson and Mpumbalanga. I'm Brigitte Seiperstein from Frucht, the Netherlands. Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Weiner from Botswana. Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. Christine from Cape Town in South Africa. And you're listening to Ride with Coach Perry. Welcome back on to this edition of Ride with Coach Perry. I'm Brad Brown and we are joined by our cycling coach Devlin Eden once again for another one of our fly-on-the-wall coaching calls uh, with one of the members of the Coach Perry Online Training Club. And today uh, it is someone local, uh, as in, in South Africa. Jamil Hafaji joins us after we headed to New Zealand last time out. Uh, Jamil is, uh, yeah, asked some great questions on today's podcast, so uh, you definitely want to stick around for that. And to everyone who left us feedback about uh, the last podcast, thank you so much. If uh, it's the first time you are listening, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's an Apple podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, wherever it is, hit the subscribe button. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating or review as well, it really helps us get in front of more cyclists just like you and helps us grow our reach and help more cyclists so uh, if you want to give something back you're more than welcome to do that and i'll also uh, give you some details on how you can join us in the coach perry online training club uh, and where you can get some great results uh, for your cycling uh, all coming up on the other side of this chat with devlin and jamil Welcome on to this edition of Ride with Coach Perry. My name is Brad Brown, and we've got our cycling coach, Devlin Eden, with us once again. Dev, welcome back on. Nice to, nice to touch base. Yeah, Brad, thanks a lot. Looking forward to this one. We've also got uh, a member of the Coach Perry Online Training Club on the podcast with us today as well, Jamil Hafaji. Jamil, welcome on to, onto the show. Thanks for, for taking the time to chat to us today. Hi, thanks. Uh, only a pleasure for my side. Jamil, before we get into the questions that you've sort of brought to, to bounce off, off Devlin, uh, let's find out a little bit about you and your, your sort of cycling background. How did you get into the sport? Um, so I haven't been doing this for that long. Um, I kind of got into it wanting to do um, Ironman races, uh, but um, I got sold a mountain bike and then that kind of led one thing to another and I never really got out of mountain biking. Um, so mountain biking is my first and foremost love, but I've been doing a, quite a bit of road cycling since, I'd say, 2015 or so, um, so about four or five years now. And yeah, it's just been going from there. When did you first get into sport? How long have you been riding? Uh, yeah, since about 2014, 2015, somewhere. Okay, so you've got a, you've got a fair base. And, and outside of cycling, what do you what do, you do sort of outside of, of riding a bike? Um, <clears throat> sorry, um, I do a little bit of everything. So I love running just as much as I love cycling, hence the triathlon side of things. Um, so I cycle um, and run like on and off. Um, so every second day, basically, I'll run or cycle and then I swim on a Friday or Saturday. Um, and that's basically it. Nice, nice balance of, of things. Dev, you, you've also, uh, we, we sent through a questionnaire just to get some background from, a, from an ability and, and uh, sort of history perspective. Uh, yeah, and it's sitting in front of you. We're looking at some of Jamil's times before we hopped on the call. I, I don't want to embarrass you, Jamil, but you're a machine. You, you've got some, some seriously good times. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so I've seen, so <laughs> the problem is, stop, stop being modest. No, no, no. It's just every time you look at uh, your results, there's always someone above you, right? So you never feel like uh, you're doing just as much as you would like to be doing. 
Yeah, absolutely. But but Dev, you're no, from, from your perspective? Yeah, so Jamil, just I think more Brad and I were chatting about maybe looking at your the goals that you've got set there in your training questionnaire. Um, how far off those goals are you currently? So when you're referring to your 90K mountain bike that's coming up, as yes. well as your uh, sub 250, 94.7, are you yes. touching on those goals or are they completely new goals and you, you take a stab in the dark at them? Um, sort of taking it a, a stab in the dark at them, but not completely as well. I mean, I haven't been aiming towards the 94.7 sub 250 for a while now. It's just been there since the last race I completed. Um, the 90k mountain bike is obviously more uh, recent, so I've been chasing that a bit more. I I think I'm, I'm fairly well um, uh, in a good spot for the 90k mountain bike, but it's hard to say really um, because uh, as much as I like to ride longer distances, I haven't actually ridden the course that often or anything that technical. Um, I think we chatted on the forums. You, while you can't gauge my uh, how prepared I am now on the course, my times may actually differ. Yeah, and I su- yeah, it's exactly that. I suppose course to course as well with terrain. Just referring to that ninety k quickly, uh, just as a uh, just to recap, that's are you referring to the Biffles Drift uh, SA Champs coming up? All right. Yes. Yeah. So again, knowing that track, it's technicality there's not it's not too bad um there's obviously a couple of really rocky sections and quite technical um there is a fair amount of climbing and elevation in that in that ride as on that course so again saying 90ks and setting the goal that you have i definitely think it's an attainable goal it's just um making sure that you've obviously you've put in the miles and i understand it is always quite tricky to try and get those long rides in um keeping in mind that we're also only two weeks out of that. So yeah. I think now is a case of not necessarily trying to kill yourself leading up into that, especially if you say you feel like you're in a pretty good state leading into the race anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, at this point, it's basically, at least I, what I think I should be doing is just maintaining my current level of fitness, not overdoing anything too strenuous and uh, maybe pushing a little bit, but not that much. Because, I mean, next week, I'm going to pretty much have to start winding down uh, in preparation for race day. Yeah, exactly. So I'd sort of, if, I mean, if you are on, if you are following one of those programs uh, that we have got up on the platform, definitely stick yeah. to that building up. Um, but exactly as you've mentioned, so you'll still have a fair amount of intensity this week, especially. Uh, next week, there'll be a bit of intensity, but we would have cut your volume down quite a lot um, leading up to the race and making sure that you are fresh. But we also don't want to make sure that you're too fresh and you you're feeling a little bit sluggish. So just don't be scared to keep some intensity in your training next week. Just okay, yeah, lots yeah. of rest and making sure that it is spaced out and you are fully recovered, ready to start the race and feeling yeah. fresh for it. I should mention I'm, I'm following your 40, uh, I think it was the sub four, the 40K sub four hour training plan. There wasn't obviously a 90K one. Um, so I've just been doing that with slight increases where I felt I could. Um, All right. Are you sorry when you say forty k sub four? Are you referring to the marathon distance? Yes. Rather? Yes. yes. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, so it is. Yeah, it's a little bit longer. Um, longer uh, distance yeah. on that. No, it's much, and All and right. it's why I've been just kind of been trying to get a little bit more in, uh, of my endurance rides done now, um, and not trying to push too much power. Um, and you, 
you 100% injury free as well? You yeah. have no issues there? Okay, that's great. Uh, yeah, so I did a, a double check with a biokinetis a few weeks ago just to make sure my uh, bike setup is good and that uh, all went well. So I've done a few long rides again now with the new bike setup just to make sure that no injuries come from the updated setup. And that's been good as well. Fantastic. It sounds like you've got this west. Yeah, Jamil, your, your second question that you sent through an email, I think sort of ties into to this race and you were asking about how you should sort of plan and, and pace the race. Is, is that the one you were talking about, the race that's coming up? Yes, and yeah, that's probably my biggest uh, issue because I mean, like as much as I, I like to think I've, I'm, I'm in a good spot, um, I don't really know how to tackle a lot of these races. Um, I don't really cycle with a cycling group. Um, so you don't have a group to kind of ride with even... I guess you can't really ride mountain bikes with a coupe, but still, um, I feel kind of out alone here when it comes to this side of things. Dave, what's the best way to, to approach that? What's uh, from a race race planning perspective? Let's let's put something together for Jamil. So Jamil, with with a race like this, um, particularly making sure that you are well warmed up before the race. And the reason I say that is, uh, especially with it being a little bit chilly and fresh in the mornings at the moment, uh, you don't want to get to the race, get into the start shoot, and then still need... 20 minutes to warm up once the race has started. So I would right. suggest maybe trying to get there a little bit early and ride up and down, um, okay. up and down the roads, make sure you get the blood flowing, get the body temperature up a little bit. And in that, maybe throw one or two sort of builds. So just build up on the intensity, short pieces. So sort of anything between sort of 10 to 30 seconds, just to build okay. some intensity in the legs. Um, but just make sure that you are spending a good 30, 30 minutes to 40 minutes, maybe even on a warm up. That allows you to then get into the start shoot and when the race gets going, you at least can start to ride the race instead of still trying to warm your body up and get yourself going. Right. That I and think is, yes, sir. Sorry, uh, how, how long before the race should I be doing this? Look, you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it and then spend another 30 to 40 minutes standing in the start shoot waiting and getting cold again. So my suggestion is to try and time it that as soon as you finish your warm-up, you enter the start shoot and hopefully have no more than 10 minutes in the start shoot before the gun goes off. Okay, and that's, cool. pretty, that's pretty easy for you to, to still filter into the start shoot. Um, yeah. you, I'm not sure if you are aware yet in terms of what start batch you'll be in. I don't um, know, unfortunately. All right, so that, no, they normally only release that in the week of the race. So closer to the time you'll receive an SMS that should give you your start batch. Um, and again, even in that, you'll, you'll get a judge to where you feel confident enough. So do you start towards the front of the batch or towards the back of the batch? And that'll be completely up to you as well as how you're feeling prep-wise and how you're feeling on the day. But I think my suggestion is when you get going race itself, go and feel, see how you're feeling on the day. Knowing that 90Ks is a lot still to come, yeah. Um, and also there's a fair amount of elevation in this ride. And some of the climbs at Biffles Drift are quite steep. So they're not particularly long. Um, I think the longest climb you're probably going to get there is at most a kilometer. I don't think you're getting anything much more than that. But there's some pretty steep gradient on some of the sections. So work your way, pace yourself really well, and then start to find a group. So if you don't, you'll learn quite quickly. I mean, if a group starts going and you're, be able to feel quite quickly if this is comfortable for you. Yeah. Don't try and sit onto someone's wheel when they're stretching you early on and you feel that you're sitting out of your comfort zone. That's too early to be out of your comfort zone. 
um, get, a com- get a comfortable feel, maybe find a group of guys that are riding together. And if that pace is too high, then step off. You, someone else will come along that you can ride with. Um, right. the, there's a fair amount of trail there that you can actually ride with someone. And then obviously there's a lot of single tracks. So hopefully you don't get caught behind anyone as well, slowing you down. But I think uh, that's been my biggest, sorry, uh, that's been my biggest issue really is um, in previous races where inevitably I got stuck behind slower riders and I'm not very, uh, I'm not much of an aggressive rider. So I don't like to push and overtake or force people off the track. So I end up sitting quite a bit until like the trail opens up a bit. Um, and that's sure. been my biggest issue in the past. And look, there is, at Biffles, there's quite a lot of sections of single track that are long sections of single track that doesn't always allow for overtaking areas. So hopefully, bef- ho- uh, generally these races are well-structured in the sense that they try and thin the group out a little bit before you get into that single track. So hopefully okay. you'll, you'll sort of have positioned yourself relatively comfortably. So by the time you enter that single track, you hopefully aren't getting stuck, you might get stuck behind someone from a batch in front of you that shouldn't actually be in that batch and they're a little bit slow, yeah. whatever it might be. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, that is, that is something that happens, but it will clear out at some point and you'll be able to get past them. Okay. But I think also just have a look. I mean, if there's any section that you feel that you can get past, just shout track and the guys are generally, I mean, you know what the mountain biking guys are like, yeah. they're generally quite accommodating to that as well. I see on your questionnaire that you do use a Garmin. Um, yeah. I don't know how much focus you generally put in with your training in terms of heart rate monitoring and all that. I generally, yeah. for a race like this, I try and stay away from focusing on heart rate. So don't be too too cognitive. Well, have a look and see what it's doing, but don't make heart rate the reason you push a little bit harder or tap off at all in a race situation. There's a lot okay. of other factors that do come in. So that's why I say try and ride a little bit more on the field. Once you've gotten um, past that 60, 70K mark, that's when you can really start to put the hammer down a little bit. So, sorry, I guess maybe just to take that back a little bit, maybe my question is, what should I be looking for in terms of that field? So should I be trying to be in a relaxed position? Should I be trying to push myself a bit? What exactly should I be feeling for? So, so again, you'll, you'll know at a sustained threshold sort of effort level where you know you can push quite hard and you know you can push that for quite a long period of time right so if you had to imagine that i'd almost like you to say step slightly below that intensity okay so you're again you'll you'll be able to have a look at your heart rate and you'll know where you're training and where those threshold points are but start off a little bit below that feel and then build that as the race goes on if you start too hard you are at some point going to hit a wall a little bit earlier than you'd like to. Um, yeah. When I say you'd like to, obviously no one wants to hit that wall, but I, I mean it more yeah, in the I'm sense of good, you're yeah. trying to prolong that fatigue from kicking in. So sit just below a threshold, you'll be able to pick up very quickly as to hang on, I'm going a little bit too hard or mm, I think I can push myself a little bit harder without hurting myself. Cool. Um, yeah, definitely right. we'll keep an eye out for that. And yeah, I think like right. you mentioned, we did chat about some of this in the forums regarding like going based on heart rate, which I'm a little bit, uh, uh, I, I tend to go too much on that. Um, so I will try and dial that back a bit. Um, but it is obviously important, like you said, not to overdo it. 
Um, one yeah. more question going back again regarding the warm-ups and stuff. Um, sure. Previously um, in this month where it's been getting a bit colder now, um, I've cycled with my uh, arm warmers and leg warmers. Um, obviously, when we're doing training rides, you can stop and take that off. Is it worth taking them on the race or should I kind of just drop that from the start? Um, look, you're going to start quite early and personally i think that is a, a personal thing for me i would probably manage to get through the whole race with my arm warmers on at least um okay. so i think definitely arm warmers a jacket or a gilet uh, leg warmers while you're warming up you you want to keep relatively warm in warm-up um okay. and if you do have someone there at the race with you it's easy in the start shoot to then give them that stuff yeah. because also you will be standing in the start shoot in the cold a little bit after your warm-up so you would have sweated a little bit so if you can keep warm that would be ideal um then discard any of the heavy stuff that you want to discard at the start shoot i'd still suggest maybe if you have a gilet riding with the gilet on something that you can unzip and let it just flap open while you ride you don't have to then worry about putting it in a pocket um and things like arm warmers i i typically will ride with my armors for quite long and if it gets yeah. really hot you can roll them down without having to take them off stop and take them off you can just literally pull them around your wrists so yeah, that's what I've tried in the past. Yeah. So I, I, again, it's largely dependent on you and how comfortable you are. Uh, but I think you'd probably get away with riding with arm warmers for most of the day, to be quite honest. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, Jamil, you were also asking about recovery and, and the best forms of recovery. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that? Uh, it's a pretty simple question, but I don't know if you want to give us some background. Is that something you've struggled with? Is, is recovering properly post-training and, and racing? Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess uh, more on my harder rides and definitely on race day as well. Um, again, this is um, some of the stuff I think I've covered with uh, Devlin before. Uh, effectively, um, I feel like um, I get extremely fatigued post-race or post-hard long thing, right? And then I can't get sleep afterwards immediately. And it's usually when you're quite tired as well because you were up from early in the morning. Um, and I've been trying to find ways to improve that. Um, I've taken some of the suggestions that Devlin's given me in the past week or two regarding a cool-down ride and other suggestions um, to see if they can help. And they have definitely helped a bit. Um, I just don't know if there's things I may need to change on that again. Yeah, so Jamil, I think I was actually just going to ask firstly, have you seen any improvements? So I remember the one was maybe looking at not overtaking in energy supplements or energy drinks, yes. on, especially on rides and that where you're not overexerting yourself. Yeah. Um, so by changing some of those things, the biggest thing is, have you seen any improvement? So definitely with the energy uh, reduction, I've seen uh, definitely a, a huge improvement where um, I definitely didn't need as much energy as I thought I needed. Um, so cutting that down a bit helped uh, post ride right. where I didn't feel like I was pumping with energy again uh, yeah. for no reason. Um, I did the cool down rides as well. Um, that helped a little bit, not as much as I thought it would have. Um, I did see that I was less, um, like I say, uh, like pumped with energy afterwards, but I still do find it's, it takes me quite a while to actually uh, completely settle down post-race um, and I can't actually rest really. Look, so that's, it does happen and it is, it's not, it's not abnormal. So okay. it, it, you generally do find that post-exercise, you are, remember your body's excited. 
Um, right. And you've had a similar flowing through it now. So that is quite normal for you to still have this heightened sense of stimulus. Um, and that does take a little while. And different people, that will sort of, what's the word? Um, that will come back down to normal at different times for different people. Okay. Um, I think the one thing that is quite key, and obviously you're now in a pretty big training block leading towards a, a, quite a main race for you, um, but that will change a little bit when you go back into more of a base training block as well. So when you start laying a really good foundation down, that will aid with that recovery a little bit to help that recovery happen a little bit faster. Okay. Um, it is something that, again, you kind of need to find something that works for you and maybe have a look then not just the energy supplements that you're taking as well, but having a look at your, your diet as a whole. So okay. making sure, so I would suggest maybe chatting to a sports dietitian or Nikki on our forums um, and maybe just posing the question as well as I know that she, she's got a, um, a strategy of what she calls eating to sleep at the same time. So okay. making sure that you're eating right to recover well and sleep well at night and during the day or whatever it might be. So I think maybe just yeah. pose that question to her as well and let her weigh in on that slightly from a recovery drink point of view. I feel the recovery drinks are a good thing if you're not going to have access to eating food quickly after an event or after training. Yeah. So if, you, if you've got a meal or you're going to finish a ride and you can have something to eat within that first sort of half an hour window, then okay. food is always going to take preference. Okay. But the, not everyone also, you kind of feel like you just can't take in anything heavy after a hard training session. And that's where something like a recovery drink does help. Which recovery drink? Well, that's largely dependent on you and what works for you. Um, um, but I do think that it is something that it does work. I, I do promote them. But again, like I said, I'd probably try and edge towards having solid, real foods first and okay. foremost and have a recovery drink if you're not going to be able to get food in quickly enough. Then definitely mm -hmm. go the, the recovery shake. So, and if you don't mind, uh, what kind of foods would you suggest post a hard thing right over race, assuming you could take it down? So, people generally, the, the biggest thing is everyone knows that, well, we need to try and get protein in, especially if we've done a really tough session. But what tends to happen is we forget taking carbohydrates in as well. So, I would recommend taking in something that's well balanced. And I mean, if you have something like a, a whole wheat sandwich or some cold meats and cheese on or tomato and cheese or whatever it might be. Okay. Have a look at um, taking and making sure that you are getting carbohydrates as well as protein in that recovery okay. and yeah. soon, soon afterwards. That sounds uh, doable. I think so. I mean, right. um, one more question, if you don't mind on the nutrition sure. aspect as well um, for the race itself. Um, typically when I've done my longer training rides, I go with a camel pack as well, just for convenience. And because you're not always near somewhere where you can fill up water. Should I ditch that for the race and just go with the two water bottles and fill up at the stations or uh, just try and keep the camel back on and skip eight stations if I need to? Look, uh, Jamil, uh, it's also, that is a tough one because it's something, if you're used to riding with a camel back now, I'd almost want to say don't change that. Okay. Um, but the benefit of doing these races and especially something like a Nissan trail seeker, which is a really well organized event from a, a water table point of view as well is there's plenty of food and drink at those water tables. 
The mm. only problem there is the whatever energy supplement or energy drink that they are have at the water tables is going to be something different to what you're already using or could be different to what you're using. Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, I think they actually make use of a USN product, for instance. And if you're riding with a 32 GI or whatever it might be, you're now risking trying something new on race day, which you don't want to do. Definitely. So the option would either be then to carry a little Ziploc bag with some scoops of whatever you drink in as a, just a powder mix, get to yeah. that water point, top it up with water, add your sachet to that and you can go. Uh, but then again, thinking, keeping in mind, how long do you want to spend at those water points? Keep in mind that you have a, a time goal in, yeah. in, in mind. So I would, for now, I'd say ride with your camel back. You know, you're comfortable riding with it. You've got your food and everything in it. And if you can hold more water in there and you can have two bottles on the bike with your, with your energy drinking, maybe yes. go that way. Cause that way it can also keep you going a lot longer. Um, but don't, don't be scared to stop at those aid stations, especially if you feel you need to take on some food. Um, and if you are running out of water, add a little bit of water back to your camelback, whatever, but you need to, you need to have a look at what your goal is from a time point of view plan that in the race at how much time can you afford to spend at each of the aid stations. And then if you are going to lose the camelback, you need to just make sure that you're carrying enough stuff so that you don't try anything new on race day. Okay. And in a similar fashion to, uh, I guess, like long distance running, should I be using a pacing chart of sorts? So with this, it's, it becomes quite difficult because of the fact that you've got the route changes, you don't know where someone's going to get caught in front of you on single track. Um, you don't know what the, the route might look like. So if it rains yeah. the night before, well, we shouldn't have any rain at the moment. But there's always a lot of things that do come into it. So with mountain biking racing of this nature, pacing charts become quite difficult. Okay. Whereas a running race, it's the same route generally. Like I'm using comrades for an example. You've got the same route. And that's something that we can plan now to the T. Whereas in a mountain bike race, there's just a lot that comes into that and that starts to affect things. So again, rather work on a feel and see how you, how you're going, making sure that you're eating properly. You're not pushing yourself too hard too early. And I'd suggest try and pace yourself well, working hard still up until about the 60 K mark. And okay. if you're still feeling good at about 60 Ks, you can then start to put the hammer down. Cause if my, mm -hmm. I, I do speak under correction, but if I'm not mistaken, I think the last 30 Ks could actually be a little bit easier than the first 60 um, okay. from a terrain point of view. But I'm not sure how they're structuring this route because they haven't, as far as I know, they haven't got that out yet. Yeah. All right. Cool. Great. Jamil, you were also asking about stretching uh, and uh, yeah. sort of a stretching regime that's going to help your cycling. You are, you are doing some stretching at the moment. Uh, I know yes, that. Yeah. Dev, is stretching, like, as a cyclist, is it hugely beneficial? It definitely is. Um, I think for any athlete, really, it's, stretching is going to be key. Um, and again, Jamil, that just comes down to something that you could add to this, your other point of recovery and just trying to get yourself to calm down and relax as well. Um, I would suggest post-ride, whether it's training or racing, to maybe just spend another 10 to 15 minutes on the bike doing a light pedal. So okay. just nice and easy, just sort of bringing everything back down to sort of a state of calm, if for lack of a better word. And then from there, hopping off and actually doing stretching. And if you can, 
we, we're all guilty of it and I know how things are. I mean, we finish a race, we put our bike down and we might grab a beer afterwards and climb in the car and drive home. Uh, and then we realize when you get home that you've got to walk again. You can hardly yeah. walk. And so, stuff. <laughs> so my suggestion would be to actually spend a bit of time, again, at an event like this trail seater. There's so much happening there. Uh, it's actually a really nice place to spend a bit of time afterwards. So maybe do a 10 to 15 minute cool down ride and then get off the bike. And while you're sitting, having your recovery drink or whatever it might be, get into a bit of a stretch routine. Um, definitely focusing on things like hamstrings, quads, glutes, lower back. Those are going to be quite key for you. Yeah. Um, so, and sit there and just nice and relax. If you have got company that you are with, have a good chat with them, have something to eat and drink and just actually calm yourself and just relax, spend some time there and try not um, discard that stretching at all. Cool. Yeah, definitely going to try and make that more of a fixed thing in my uh, training routine. It's, uh, like you said, we're all kind of guilty of that. As soon no, as you're done with the ride, uh, you just want to get home. That's exactly it. And yeah. I'm, I'm definitely the first one to take responsibility. I'll do exactly the same. <laughs> and do the funny duck walk as soon as you get out the car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We've all done it, I think. Uh, and then, Jamil, you, your last question, you, you were talking, and I think this is such a great question because I think a lot of cyclists fall into this bracket. You're saying you're a, a middle of the packer uh, and you're looking for something. Is there certain things that you can do that's going to improve your cycling over time? And, Dev, I think there are a few, uh, a few things. Obviously, training consistently is one of them. But can you give Jamil and, and whoever's listening some some sort of tips on, on how to improve their cycling over time as a, as a mid-packer? I think, Brad, you've touched on it already as my first and foremost would be consistency. Uh, so definitely making sure that you're trying to keep yourself injury-free and healthy so that you don't lose any training. So that is, that's key. Um, and the risk of going backwards is also trying to overdo it. So trust the process in the program that you're following as well. So don't be scared to, when those easy rides are there or those LSD rides are there, stick to them. Because I do find a lot of people start to push a little bit harder. They feel they're not working hard enough. And before you know it, you actually start to plateau a lot quicker. And I, I tend to find guys then that struggle with their performance improvements. So one, trust the process and stay consistent. Two, um, add strength training. Don't be scared of adding strength training to your, your training as well. So cycling specific as well you can get a couple of strength exercises that will be key to improving your performance um, and then I think set yourself goals so constantly measuring so using a Garmin for instance keep track of what you are doing set yourself regular goals and what we can maybe look at is if we look at your program we can tweak things you can always add in one or two more events that you don't necessarily use them as goal races for instance but you can use them to measure your performance and how you're improving, whether you're in a big training block or not. Right. So I think sort of set, set some smaller goals, get some strength training happening, and also don't be scared of recovery. That's, that's one big killer to performance is a lack of recovery. Yeah, that uh, downtime is always uh, the hardest time, eh? doing nothing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes exactly. we, we always feel like we're doing nothing and it's, we kind of feel like we're wasting time. Yeah, and, and sometimes we need it. It's one of those things that's often we, we, we need to be able to bounce back stronger, and that's what that recovery is for. Exactly. Jamil, uh, is there anything else? I think we've covered a ton today, which is, which is fantastic. I think there were some great questions in there, but just to, to sort of wrap things up, any final questions for you? Or are you happy? 
I'm happy. Thanks. Uh, I think you've covered all the questions that I've uh, had before this and given me more as well to think about. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for my side. Thanks. Brilliant. Well, if there are any more, you know exactly where to go. You can pop those in the forum and Dev and the rest of the team are there to, to help as well. You've been on the, the Coach Barry training uh, platform for, for a little while now. Your, your sort of experience so far? I've really been enjoying it. Eh? Um, I mean, it's everything I, I, I think I needed. Um, I've, I've never done a training platform really before. Uh, well, I've never really done coaching before. So it's, I wasn't really sure what to expect. And I've been pleasantly surprised. Awesome. Well, Jamil, we, we love having you on. You ask such great questions in the forum. And we look forward to seeing how you go uh, at, at the, the Chelsea and, uh, and beyond. So, so best of luck and we will we'll touch base in the forum. Thanks, we will. And that's it. Thank you so much for joining us once again this week. Thank you to Devlin and Jamil. I thoroughly enjoyed that chat. And uh, Jamil, best of luck with those upcoming races. We can't wait to hear how they go in those forums. Talking of that Coach Perry Online Training Club, we've got access to over 80 different training programs, literally uh, from just getting onto the bike for the very first time right through to advanced 100K training programs. So it doesn't matter what you're training for, whether it's road or mountain bike, we are able to help. You get access to those programs as well as Devlin, our cycling coach, and the rest of our coaching team. Uh, we've got a sports nutritionist in there. We've got a strength and conditioning coach and a whole lot more as well. We'd love to have you on there. We do weekly live Q&A calls as well uh, where you can get some FaceTime essentially with the coaches if you have any pressing questions that you'd like to ask or you could just pop that question daily into the forums whenever you get a gap. Uh, it's like sending a text message and a couple hours later you got an answer from the coaching team. It's that simple and we'd love to have you on board. All you need to do to find out more is head over to coachparry.com forward slash Cycling. That's where you can get all the details. Coachparry.com forward slash cycling. Uh, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Don't forget to check out those videos as well. We do weekly videos on our YouTube channel. Just search for Coach Parry uh, and uh, on Facebook as well. You can find us and those videos are there as well. We look forward to, to having you on those platforms too. Until next time, from myself, Brad Brown, and the rest of the team, Devlin, uh, and the rest of us here at Coach Parry, you have yourself a good one. We'll chat soon.